I'm Danny. I'm Noah. And this is What's What's That That Supposed to Mean? mean? This is the podcast where we talk about Victorious and all of the things that happened in the show and the fun little background things. So if you really want to get real tedious with us, continue listening. Okay, so today's episode is... Jade dumps Beck, episode yeah. five. Yeah, this one was a real doozy. Like it was, it was really, really good. Like, there, but there's like so much to talk about. Yeah, definitely. It was probably one of my favorite episodes so far, though. Yeah, it's a really strong one. Uh-huh. I didn't. I don't. I think like as far as jokes go, I didn't mm-hmm. like it as as much as the last episode. Yeah, that's fair. I don't think it's as funny, but I think that it's very like layered. It's very layered. There's good character pieces in there. This episode to me is the thing that made me love victorious today as much as i do Mm. because i think that and you know like i love watching like iCarly and hannah montana like i love going back and you know doing a nostalgic rewatch but i think the thing that like makes victorious always stick out in my mind to me is like episodes like these that it just felt a little bit heightened and a little bit more adult and like it's still like an episodic show of course like everything kind of resets every episode for the most part but like it felt like it had a lot more depth to me. Yeah, it was a little more dramatic mm-hmm. and yeah, a little bit more, yeah, adults is probably a good word for it. Mm-hmm. It felt more like, like, Victorious to me has always felt like a mix of iCarly and like Degrassi or Gossip Girl. Yeah, sure. Where it's like, it, it gives me that sort of like depth and drama that I want from a Teen Nick show, but it's not quite as intense yeah it's still just like a silly little like teen sitcom but But it's it's got these elements of like it's just a little bit more heightened than iCarly I would say in terms of like the relationships and plots and stuff not necessarily jokes but yeah yeah the relationships feel more real like you know especially with Jade and Beck there's more going on than any other relationship in a Nickelodeon show I I totally agree yeah but yeah we kind of have a lot to talk about with this one so should we dive in Yeah, let's get into it. All right, let's do it. What's that supposed to mean? 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 All right, so we open to the cafeteria area, that outdoor cafeteria area that we reference all the time. Which, first fun fact about this Mm -hmm. that I learned from the Dan Schneider blog that in the very first shot of this episode, you see the Hollywood sign, because you can see the Hollywood sign from this back lot, and he, yeah. he talks in the blog about how every time they're, they show a shot with the Hollywood sign in it, they have to pay for it. Really? And there's a little copyright notice at the end of the episode that's like, Hollywood sign, copyright like 2009. Wow. So for, like, there, there must have been something that happened in the early 2000s where the Hollywood sign federation, or I don't know what the fuck, like the Hollywood sign people... Like, signed some deal that, like, if it gets featured in a television show, it they, they have to cut a check. Oh, my God. It's like another happy birthday, kind of. And then, sorry, back-to-back fun facts. There's mm-hmm. a song playing in the background, which is weird. Because mm-hmm. there's not usually needle drops yeah. in Victorious. And I don't know if it was this song, but I saw in the credits at the end of the episode that one of these songs is a sync song. Not released by, but performed by Kesha. What? Yes. Wait, really? That's the song that's playing? I don't know if that's the song that's playing at the beginning. But I, I think it's. I think the Kesha song only plays for like two seconds later in the episode. 
but there is yeah there's, there's a kesha sync that's there's crazy there's a kesha sync but it's not a kesha release i think it might be before the kesha project launched or just something she did on the side for money it was probably like, like i've i've released songs like this that are i found the thing on spotify it's like a list of like it's like a sync company released like a compilation of sync songs for television mm-hmm. and like she's not credited as kesha on the Spotify, but she's credited as, as performed by Kesha in the Nickelodeon credits. And That's it definitely crazy. is her. It sounds like Kesha. Yeah. It was released in like 2010. So is I don't know what the cr- time is. Is she credited as a writer? She's not credited as a writer, I don't think. Oh, so it might have been someone else's sync that they had her sing. Maybe, yeah. But then why not credited as Kesha? She's a pop You know what I mean? Like it, it feels yeah. like the kind of thing she, she maybe did before she popped off as an artist just yeah, like but to make some that money. Yeah, but that doesn't make any sense because when did, I guess, yeah, when did TikTok come out? Let's find out. TikTok came out in 2010. Okay, so it was, it was yeah, this sync thing came out the same year that the Kesha record came out, so mm-hmm. that's wild. Yeah, that's wild. It might have been like before she made it big, that, like, you know, or she like had like a sync project that she was doing before she made it like got signed and years later like someone was like looking and like maybe her like sync person pitched it or something that's what i'm thinking yeah happened. i don't know and it's it's also just weird because this is we're on episode five now and this is the first time we have non-victorious music really i mean every yeah. once in a while there would be like little snippets of stuff here and there but this is the first time i noticed it yeah and clocked it as like oh there's like like a needle drop, which is just strange for the show. Very strange. Anyway, that's the, those are my two little fun facts for the beginning of the episode. All right, yeah. So, yeah, we open to the outdoor cafeteria area, and Beck is sitting at a table reading. He's reading, like, a fake play. It just has the tragedy on it. It doesn't, it's, it's not anything interesting. And Andre comes to join him, and Andre is wearing a sweater that says, I got 99 problems, but my kicks ain't one. That's very good. <laughs> Which is incredible. It's very good Andre shirt. <laughs> it's such a good Andre shirt. And Andre gives him a bottle of water because he said two came out of the vending machine whenever he put the dollar in. And Beck says, thanks, but I don't drink water that comes from mountain streams <laughs> because streams have fish and fish pee. And so you're drinking fish pee. Which, like, I feel like it, it's it's more of, like, a 12-year-old boy thing. But, like, that is such, like, a boy thing of, like, ew, you're drinking fish pee because it comes from the street. It comes from a river. Yeah. And fish pee. Like, it feels like one of those things. It is very much like a middle school boy joke. Uh-huh. That he, like, took with him later in life. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, he doesn't drink the fish pee. And anyway, Tori comes in. She runs in. Yeah, she runs in to the table that Andre and Beck are sitting at. And she's like, look what's on the BuzzFinger homepage. And what do you think the BuzzFeed? I solved it for myself. Never mind. I I cracked the case. It's fucking BuzzFeed. (laughs) Yeah. I thought about it for more than one second, and it's BuzzFeed. That's the the counterpart thing that this is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to... Yeah, although it is funny, on the Victorious Wiki, it does say that BuzzFinger is a stand-in for TMZ. Well, fuck, I was wrong. <laughs> so you were kind of right I was to kind question of right. it, yeah. Yeah, okay, that's good, because I originally thought TMZ, but I said BuzzFinger out loud, and I was like, BuzzFeed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the name is obviously yeah. based on BuzzFeed. Yeah, but I guess it's like, it's like a, t- it's just, for, you know, it's just a fake news, like, celebrity news site that she, like, that she has up. But yeah, she shows her phone to Beck, and I guess it's on like some Jay Leno story because she turns her phone and it's a picture of Jay Leno. And Beck looks at it and he reads it for a second. He goes, 
Oh, poor Jay Leno. What the <laughs> fuck happened to Jay Leno in this universe? <laughs> what do we think happened to him? It's yeah. so sad for Jay Leno. Yeah, it's either something like like he has like a degenerative brain disease. Divorce. Or he, divorce. Jay Leno might just be dead in this universe. That's true. Maybe he maybe he's dead. Maybe he got hit by a car. Maybe he just lost his late night slot. Maybe. Maybe he just <laughs> he just lost his late night slot. And Beck's like, oh, poor guy. Poor guy. I mean he did. I mean, he didn't lose it IRL, but yeah. Anyway, so she's like, no, below that. And it's a photo of Beck and this like fake celebrity socialite person named Alyssa Vaughn. And they describe her as basically that she's just like very pretty and her dad is a billionaire. So she's yeah. kind of like a Kendall Jenner like in kind of like, like a Haley Baldwin, Haley Baldwin kind of vibe. Lil, no, Lily, Lily Rose Depp is like a like a like a actress, but like kind of just like a Serena Vanderwoodson, if you will, just someone yeah, who sure. is famous for being the daughter of a billionaire and yeah, and is like beautiful and like I guess like models and whatever. Like she's famous for being rich, and Beck's a usual fucking annoying pretentious ass is like. Why are you guys so impressed? Like, as if she's not, like, clearly a very famous woman. A very famous woman, woman yeah. Because she's on fucking TMZ. And yeah, like, he's playing it so cool. He's like, he's oh, like, so what? Like, you guys are impressed by that? Like, sh- shut the fuck up, dude. And, yeah, so Tori asked him, like, why the fuck are you in a photo with Alyssa Vaughn that's on Buzzfinger? Finger, yeah. <laughs> and Beck basically says that... They go to the same yoga class, and paparazzi showed up to take the picture, but they're also just friends. Right. And my question here is, why the fuck would the paparazzi want a picture of her with him? Yeah. Like, what sense does that possibly make? Well, okay, here's the thing. Not to jump ahead, but you see later in the episode that the one time you see her, she's kind of, like, flirting with him. So I imagine it was some kind of thing that, like, they came out of yoga together and she was just doing that thing that people tend to do with Beck, where they're just like, oh, Beck. And she probably put her hand on his chest or something, just like uh, playfully, and like paparazzi snapped a picture. Yeah, or something. That's probably the, the gist of what happened. Yeah, because I just can't see a world in which they would do that. Like, they just went, yeah, like, no, you know, paparazzi are pretty fucking ruthless, but. Yeah, like, Taylor Swift will go out with Diana fucking Agron, and they'll be like, we don't fucking care that you were Uncle Move out of the way. It's Taylor Swift. Like, it's. Right. It's just like even there was like that one video with I think it was Kendall Jenner and Haley Baldwin or something and or Gigi Hadid and Haley Baldwin. There was like some group of those girls and they like pushed Haley, like physically pushed Haley out of the way to get a picture of Kendall. It like they don't give a fuck about anyone else. I don't even understand why they didn't like crop him out of the photo. Like I just anyway. Well, because I think the story Unless, like, is the like, dating rumor. Yeah, I think it's the dating rumors that's yeah. is the story. Anyway. So Tori asks how Jade reacted and he was like, she was cool with it. But they like both look at him like, no, she wasn't. Yeah. And he was like, she threw a rock at me. <laughs> which I love. <laughs> which is so funny. And as Tori starts to tell him that he should be careful, we see a bunch of orange posters start falling from the sky in the air. And there's Trina on the balcony with a loudspeaker going, attention, attention. <laughs> um, or she has like a microphone. It doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> she goes, as you all know, I'm Trina Vega. <laughs> which, <laughs> which I love. I famously am Trina Vega. <laughs> it's like, well, 
I mean, yeah, if you went to that school, you probably do know who she is. You probably do know who Trina is if you go to the school. It's infamous. She's infamous. How many people do we think are at Hollywood Arts? Ooh, I bet it's like like a hundred people to a graduating class. Mm, Yeah. Small for an American high school, but like bigger than like Yeah, because it's definitely a private school. Yeah. Yeah, bigger bigger than my high school class. Yeah. But smaller than most people's. Mm -hmm. So then they probably mostly know each other. Like, you know. Yeah, it's I bet it's the kind of thing where yeah, it's like you would know of everyone. Yeah. If if you don't know them personally. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah, so anyway, Trina explains on this on the balcony of the of the outdoor cafeteria. She explains that she's performing her one woman show called Trina with an exclamation point. <laughs> Such a funny name for this show specifically. Uh Trina. <laughs> because she's not really playing herself. Yeah. But we can talk about that later. Yeah, I know. Oh, we'll get to it. We'll, we, will we will get to it. We will get to it. <laughs> yeah, and as she's kind of explaining the show, one of the boxes of flyers falls on a kid. And she goes, could you pass those out? <laughs> it looks like it hits him really hard, yeah, too. Yeah, like, like, in it, the head. It, like, it, knocks him it, down. Because she's, like, on a balcony, which is probably, like, 20 feet above. Yeah, it's pretty high. Everyone else. I don't think it's, it like, would, a box full of posters. I don't think it would. It definitely wouldn't kill you in real life. But it would probably hit a lot harder it than it did in the show. You, it would probably be a really believe, bad injury. Because yeah. it's, like, a box full of paper. Yeah. Like, it's not not heavy. No. <laughs> okay, so then we go to the next scene. And Beck and Jade are fighting because of Alyssa Vaughn. Of course. And Beck's like, she's just a friend. And Jade's like, yeah, a friend who's already sent you six text messages today. And then at that moment, Beck's phone beeps and she's like, seven. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And then Beck tries to deflect by being like, what's your favorite tropical fruit? (laughs) Yeah. And then she just goes, mango. And I don't like how you're hanging out. (laughs) The line line delivery on that was so good. The way she's just like, mango. And then immediately moves on. Yeah. She's like, first I must answer this anyway. (laughs) Yeah. It's so funny. (laughs) It's so good. And then Beck says, let me get this straight. Because you and I date, I can't be friends with other girls. And Jay's like, you can be friends with ugly girls, (laughs) but not pretty and rich girls who text message you like a hundred times a day. And then at that moment, Tori walks by and Beck beckons her over. He beckons her over. Nice. Did you guys get that? He beckons her over. Did you get it? Did you get it? (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I'm glad that you guys get that. So then Beck says, if you were my girlfriend, and Jade says, oh, great way to start the question. (laughs) And he says, would you be freaked out if I was just friends with Alyssa Vaughn? And Jade's like, who cares what she thinks? And Tori's like, well, I wouldn't love it. And Jade's like, me, I care what she thinks. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Liz Gillies absolutely crushes her lines in this episode. She's so good. She's so good this episode. And Beck's like, you don't think a girlfriend should just trust her boyfriend? And Tori's like, no, I do. And it gets very messy. And Jade goes, you know what? We're done. And she just like breaks up with Beck and walks away. And Beck goes, you're being ridiculous as she's walking away. And Jade turns around and yells, what do you care? I'm not your girlfriend anymore. And you get the ooh. Ooh, yeah. They just broke up. (laughs) So then we get a slap update from Tori. And it's, erg, nothing worse than being sucked into a fight between a BF and a GF. Hate it. And her mood is yuck. I love the erg. Once erg. again, I love when Tori types out little things. I know. She goes, ah. Yeah, she goes, ah, or eek, or erg. It's always so strange. It's so silly. Also, same. So I'll say on that, 
Same. Yeah. Anyway, so then we go to the next scene, and Andre walks into a classroom that Robbie and Rex are in, and Andre goes, what you know, fro? Which is so, so <laughs> it's sweet. so good. It's so funny. I just love what you know, fro. And Andre tells Robbie about an app that he got that lets you do fun effects, like a photo booth, basically, like on Mac, but like for your phone, or like, you know, Snapchat filters or whatever. And Robbie's like... Cool and tells starts telling him about how he used to write for this paper and the official school paper shut down, but some of the seniors started an underground one online, quote unquote. And as he's telling this, Andre is like just fucking with the app and making Robbie's head look like balloony from Phineas and Ferb. And this is where we find out that that underground newspaper site is the slap. Yeah. Because as Andre is fucking with it, he goes, oh, yeah, the slap.com. And yeah, and this is where we find out that that underground news site is the slap, which is like crazy. Like we get some good slap lore this episode. Yeah. So is the lore that the slap was created by students because their newspaper got shut down? I think so, kind of. And also like. They just made a, like, social media site for the school. Because I – that was a question that I had early on of, like, what is the slap? Yeah, you know, I guess like, so, yeah. Is the slap a school-sanctioned website and what is the vibe there, you know? I guess it's not, yeah. Mm-hmm. So – but, yeah, so then Robbie explains that he's in charge of writing the reviews for the plays at Hollywood Arts on the slap. He's a journalist. He's see. a journalist. He's a contributor, actually. Yeah. And he was wondering if Andre would write a review for Trina's play. And Andre's like, no. And Robbie says, but if I write a bad review, Trina will kill me. And Andre's like, so it's okay if she kills me. And then Robbie goes, you're all firm and developed, and I'm still working on the last chapter of puberty. <laughs> Just so good. And Rex is like, and he's a slow reader. Yeah, just, <laughs> just like, like with an additional zing. Quick zing. And yeah, Andre goes, look, don't panic. Maybe the show isn't that bad. And then we cut to the camp masterpiece that is the hit musical number from Trina Vega's one woman show titled Trina! Exclamation point, called Chicago. Chicago! It's a city for a woman just like me. There's a lake they call like Michigan. I think I'm really fitting in. The city is my perfect cup of tea. Chicago! 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 The doctors say I ain't never gonna walk again. Not even on crutches. But I'm gonna tell you something. I'm a woman in Chicago who's scared. And it's perfect, and I love it so much, and it's flawless, and I I personally have no notes. Yeah. It's, what else is there to say? It's perfect. It's, it's, I love it so much. Okay, yeah. One, one, one thing I wanted to say specifically with this is... She's talking normally, right? I write, Like, there's a bit where she's talking in her normal accent, and then later on in the clip... She's talking with this like weird southern drawl. Yeah. It's like so that's weird. the funniest thing to me is that like it's it's set in Chicago, but she's talking like she's from like like Louisiana. Like I don't she's even a know girl what the trying ad- to make it in Chicago. In Chicago. On oh crutches. On crutches. Oh my god. It's so good. It's it is. so good. It's perfect. 
I love that w- w- it was somewhat recently, like in, in a couple years ago, that Danielle Monet performed it somewhere. Yeah, at iParty. Oh, it are, yeah, Matt yeah. Bennett's, Matt Bennett does a Nickelodeon kind of themed, I guess, or just like pop themed dance party, like Club 90s or one of those. But yeah. It's, it's called iParty. Yeah, and she came out and did Chicago and the crowd went wild because of, of course they did. I would too. I mean, yeah. You were, that's history right there. That's history. That is that's history. Herstory. That's history right there. That is Chicago right there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's Chicago. Mm-hmm. So then we cut to the next scene, and Jade is sitting at a table in the cafeteria by herself. And Sinjin and his nerd friend come and sit with her. His nerd friend? It's his nerd friend. It's Sinjin and his nerd friend. Yeah, okay, sure. His nerd friend. (laughs) (laughs) Noah is pissed, and I will tell you all why in a second. (laughs) 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 And they sit at her table, and she just goes, no, and they get up and walk away. And the reason why Noah's pissed about this nerd, (laughs) about the nerd adjective, is because Sinjin's nerd friend (laughs) looks exactly like Noah did when he was 16. (laughs) He really does. It really it's does so look funny. like me. Like I thought I looked like Sinjin, but then this kid walks up and I'm like, no, that's that's I look like this kid. I look like this kid. It's just Noah at 16 with transitional lenses. <laughs> Transition lenses, whatever the fuck. Yeah, it's it's rough. It's so good. I didn't know that I was in this show, but apparently I am. <laughs> and now we get a cameo by Noah along with McGuire. Exactly. It's it's so it's perfect. It's flawless. And yeah, so then Tori and Andre see her and Andre's like, no, I don't want to like go to the table. But Tori pulls him so they'd sit with Jade. And I like don't understand why Tori wants to sit with Jade. Like, I know that they're trying to do the Zoe 101 thing where Zoe's like always nice to people. And but Tori's not nice. Yeah. And she doesn't like really want to hang out with Jade either. Like, she doesn't like she'll like do nice things for Jade, but like because she's around, but not like she won't like. I feel like, like, this could have been, like, could have gone the other way as well. Like, it could have been, like, Tori was the one who didn't want to sit with Jade and Andre pulled her over. Yeah, for sure. It could have gone either way. But, yeah, anyway, they're, like, we just thought you could use some lunch buddies because you might be sad. And Jade's, like, why would I be sad? I broke up with Beck. I dumped him. And this is, like, exactly, like, I I just want to applaud the Nickelodeon writers because this is exactly how high schoolers think. Yeah, exactly. well... I am the one who's doing the dumping, so I don't have to be sad. Since you got dumped, then you're sad. Yeah, exactly. But, like, I'm the dumper, so therefore. Therefore Which also I I think, like, you know, and not to get too Freudian about it, but, like, (laughs) I think that that shows partially, like, Jade's thinking with breaking up with Beck immediately is, like, I think that she is so scared of being hurt and being embarrassed that – she automatically goes like, well, I'm going to get ahead of the situation. Yeah, for and sure. And end it so that way I can have the high ground. Yeah. And I can be, because like if I get dumped, that's embarrassing for me. Like we see it later in the episode. She won't even like cry in public or like, I mean, I, I don't like crying in public either. Like no one does, but like she like refuses to, won't even show like the tiniest bit of emotions. Like she's very, very afraid of being embarrassed. So I think that was like so spurred out of insecurity of just like, nope, I don't want to like, I'm afraid that he's going to leave me for this girl, so I'm going to leave him before he has the chance to. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. Yeah, then we hear the engine revving, and we (laughs) see that it's Alyssa Vaughn dropping off Beck at high school, like, in, like, a Porsche convertible. It's a Lamborghini, actually. Oh, it's a Lamborghini? It's a Lamborghini. It's a Lamborghini. (laughs) And everyone's like, ooh. 
You it's know? actually a 2005 Gallardo. Oh, I see. I knew that. I it, did not know that. I just I just read that. I looked that up. And a question about that one. Does it have a great steering wheel that won't fly that off the It doesn't fly off the handle. <laughs> While you are driving. <laughs> <laughs> now you have to marry your mother-in-law. <laughs> he admitted. Ah, he admitted. <laughs> Us when Beck shows up with Alyssa Vaughn, he admitted. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> anyway. Oh, also, I, 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 a trivia fact that I learned about the episode is that apparently, and this feels hyperbolic, but apparently no fewer than 70 cast and crew members asked if they could drive the Lamborghini and were oh all told no. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hang on. Also, I have to... And, you know, everyone's going like, whoa. And then Tori and Beck kind of look at Jade. And Jade's like, it's fine. If Beck wants to date that, I hope he has lots of fun with it. And as she's saying it, she has a burrito in her hands that she's, like, squeezing all the stuff out of. Crushing it, yeah. (laughs) Just, like, beans out of it. And Tori's like, you're hurting your burrito. (laughs) And she, like, slams it on her, like, Tupperware to-go thing. And a little bit of it gets on Tori and Andre, like, on, like, Tori's hair and Andre's face. Yeah. And I would wager that that didn't, like, yeah. that that was, is that true? I just, I just checked, Did you yeah. just check? I yeah. just checked. It was not. That was an accident? Yeah, that, that was, that was, like, a thing that just happened on set, and they just both stayed in character and played it off, and that's uh-huh. the take they used. Yeah, nice. Very good. That was my, that was my hunch. Because the way that Andre was, like, okay, kind of felt like, it wasn't like it felt a little bit like it was Leon. Like it didn't feel like yeah, it was Andre. For sure. yeah, I mean, yeah, there's something he has like a, a few of those moments where he does that. And it like, like it's a, it, it's like the perfect, like, like natural, like Leon Thomas does that like a couple times in the show that I've noticed where like, he'll ha- kind of have this moment where it's like, he doesn't break character, but he says something that's clearly like his reaction. You yeah, know, for it's, sure. it's really, really good. It like adds to the character really nicely. But anyway, then we cut to Robbie eating what can only be described as a nondescript soup. We later learned that it's cream of mushroom, but like it's just like it's just beige soup. bowl. Yeah, it's just a bowl of soup. <laughs> yeah. And he's kind of like eating it like all like weird and happy because they really want to make a moment out of the fact like soup joke. Haha, funny soup. Yeah, for anyway, sure. Anyway, it's such a Nickelodeon thing. <laughs> and Trina comes up to him all angry and she says, hello, Robbie. And Robbie's like, <laughs> just like <laughs> automatically screams. <laughs> screams. <laughs> and she asks him what he thinks of her show. And Robbie's like, um, I thought it was, um, and Rex interrupts and goes, you said it stunk. And this is like Freudian. Like this is just, if I were teaching a psychology class in high school, I would show this to my students to describe the id, the ego, and the super ego. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'd be like, and Rex is operating as the super ego. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah. Robbie explains that he's a writer and he has to be candid and didn't think her performance was very, you know, good. And she just, like, slams his face into the cream of mushroom soup and says that she worked her butt off on that show and that she'll kill him if he doesn't write a good review, <laughs> yeah. basically. And you know what? I know she's being unreasonable, but I wish to... God, the am- I the amount... I wish I could get all the addresses of every member of the staff on pitchfork.com and do this to every single one of them. Yeah, you want to kill all the pitchfork writers? Can 
as Halsey said, this is this has nothing to do with the episode, but as Halsey said, can the basement they run Pitchfork out of just collapse already? Yes. Can it? Is that a lyric or is... No, no, no. She tweeted that. Oh, uh, she tweeted um, that. And the funny... <laughs> she tweeted it. And do you know who owns Pitchfork? No. Condé Nast. And do you know where Condé Nast operates out of? <laughs> the World Trade Center. <laughs> oh, I do remember this. <laughs> it's so good. She was calling for a second 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Halsey. She, she always means well. I I agree with her still. I don't think she should have deleted it. <laughs> she should have left that shit. I up. mean, it's because it's like, it's not like the pitchfork offices are in the World Trade Center, right? They are. Oh, they are. Yes. Oh, okay, that's really yes, funny. Then. <laughs> okay, that's really funny. No, they're, they're fully there. I thought I thought someone just like made the, the, the leap of a joke of being like, well, Condé Nast is headquartered in the World Trade no, Center. No, no, so no, no, like, no. There's the, the, actual pitchfork yeah. offices in the World Trade Center. Yeah, like Bon Appetit also is like in the World Trade Center. Oh, like, yeah, like I guess the I did know that actually. The yeah, yeah. It's a condé, like it's all yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. condé nest. Yeah, yeah. The offices are fully there. So <laughs> I do. I, like, I remember this now. I remember this so moment. Good. That's so funny. It's so funny. So yeah, can if you're a writer for Pitchfork, send me your address. Just want to talk. I'll bring you a bowl of soup. It'll be great. <laughs> Which whichever deli you want, I'll, I'll grab it. We'll, we'll go over. We'll just talk. There, there's nothing. Nothing. Else, nothing will happen. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> So yeah, then we cut to the Vega household, and Tori and Trina are playing what is very clearly a parody of Wii Sports Tennis. It's Wii Tennis. <laughs> it's Wii Tennis. And then they, like, cut to the screen, and you see, like, you know how, like, there's Ratatouille, and then they made, they've done this for a couple of movies, but there's Rat- Ratatouille, and then they made, like, Ratatouille. Yeah, like the-, the pair, like, the shitty, terribly animated parody. That is the comparison here. It's, like, so shitty, like... Like trying to be Wii without actually making it. Yeah, like Wii. really low quality 3D models. Yeah, and like the little Easter egg is that instead of saying Wii Sports on the sides of the tennis court, it says Dan Warp because the because you know. Well, they also have these like controllers that are just like tennis rackets. Yeah, which I think I don't know if you could buy the tennis rackets. I'm pretty sure they had the they tennis might have yeah actually for the Wii, but like you know, it, it's like one of those where like you can you know there there were definitely things that you could buy the attachments for. Like I remember for Mario Kart, you could buy the steering. Yeah, wheel, for sure. You know, but anyway, they get a knock at the door and Tori goes to answer it, and it's a very sniffly Jade who has you know mascara all over her face, has clearly been crying, and she has just like a kite in her hand. <laughs> And Tori just is like, Jade? And without saying anything, Jade just walks in and goes, this kite is broken. <laughs> Tori's like, okay. And Jade's just like, I was just walking around and I saw this kite and it was in a bush and it was broken and someone needs to fix it. <laughs> and Tori's like, do you want me to fix your kite? And Jade goes, I don't care about the stupid kite. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. She's like, I want Beck back, whatever. And Tori's like, but you broke up with Beck. And Jade's like, I know, it's just like whenever I was seven and I threw away my potato patch pal, but then I realized I wanted it back and it was too late because my mother gave it away to some greedy orphans. <laughs> I love greedy orphans. Some greedy orphans. That's how she says it. And, and then Tori's like, if you want to just yeah, tell him, you just if you want Beck back, why don't you just tell him? Also, a side note, this entire episode reminded me of the episode of Bojack Horseman with the with the chicken that Todd 
falls in love with or whatever. Book Beck. Yeah, book Becca. Back. It's Becca, and she books back. <laughs> book back, yeah. You can't book back. I want back back. I want back back. That's true. Book back. Back back. I want book back. I want book back. <laughs> you can't book back. <laughs> you can't book back. And Tori's, anyway, Tori's like, why don't you just tell him that you want him back? And Jade's like, I did, but he rejected me. And Tori's like, not to be mean, but why are you coming to me for help? And Jade's like, because I don't want anyone who's cool to see me like this. <laughs> so she's just like so clearly like does not like want to be seen as vulnerable or as hurt or like, you know, any like she doesn't want to ever be seen as embarrassed. Yes, yeah, like she weirdly is coming to Tori because she doesn't respect her. Exactly. <laughs> totally. And then Tori's like, well, but. Wait, are we even friends? We're not even friends. <laughs> the way yeah. she says it is so funny. Just like, she like starts explaining and then she's like, wait, are we even friends? We're not even friends, dude. Which also, yeah. <laughs> just like har- comes to the realization like, oh, wait. <laughs> harkens back to your earlier point of why she even was trying to help her in the first place. Yeah. Like, like a scene ago. But. Yeah. I don't get it. And, you know, Jay's just like, please talk to Beck for me and cries into Tori's pillow on the couch. And Tori goes, okay, I'll talk to Beck. And Jade in the pillow goes, do it soon. (laughs) And when she lifts her head, there's like two black marks from her mascara. And she's like, I got a little makeup on your pillow. And Tori's like, that's okay. I'll just ask my grandma to make me another one if she ever comes back to life. (laughs) And like the reaction on Liz Gilly's face, like she looks so sad whenever Tori says it. She's like, oh no. I like paid attention to her reaction to it. She's like, oh (laughs) Damn, Which was so good. Almost like surprising. It was probably just like a little like end. Thing yeah, there. I think that's like a yeah, little just reaction, a little button on throw it. Throwaway thing, but yeah. Then we get another slap update, and it's on a mission. But how did I get to be the love doctor? <laughs> I love, I love. But how did I get to be the love doctor? How did I get to be the love doctor? <laughs> but yeah, and her mood is hopeful. <laughs> so then, in the next scene. Tori goes to Beck's house, which is a trailer that he lives in, in his parents' front yard, um, which will, we'll, you know, it's a, like a little, like, airstream. There's yeah. a neon sign out front. He's made it all cute. And Tori knocks on the door, and we hear a voice that sounds like a lady go, who is it? And Tori goes, I know that's you, Beck. And we see, like, a little old Asian lady come out of the trailer with cleaning supplies. Yeah. And Beck follows her, and he goes, thanks, Consuela. And she goes, Donata. <laughs> Which is, like, such an unhinged Because it's clearly an Asian person. Yeah. Like, we don't have to unpack it. Yeah. But we're just, I just, I need you all to know that that happen yeah i just had like we just we had we had to point it out anyway yeah because we had to experience it so you know you have to do indirectly experience it by us telling you guys yeah and then tori comes in and she goes so this is where you live and beck explains that his parents said that if he lives under their roof he has to follow their rules but since it's his roof his, his rules. rules. Yeah, exactly. Is is his rules. Which begs the question, like, how, I mean, I'm, I guess he just probably did something, but how did he afford to, like, buy an Airstream? Yeah. Was I, it just there on the property and he just, like, moved out? But no, but then his parents, like, he has to own it for that to make sense, right? Yeah, I'm guessing what happened was, like, because I've heard people be like, well, like, what's Beck's family life like if he's living in a trailer? Like, if he's living in, you know... Like by himself, but I probably I could see Beck is such a like smart ass pretentious boy to me that like I could see his parents being like 
as long as you're under our roof, you have to live by our rules. And he said that he would do this. And they're like, he's not, they, they like, they probably said, okay, thinking that he wasn't do it, wasn't going to do it or that he like, wouldn't actually enjoy it. And then he, like, actually probably saved up the money, found a guy, bought it, and, like, renovated it all by himself over the course of a couple years. And they're like, well... I mean, you went through the trouble, so like, yeah, I think that's probably that's probably it. That's probably what happened. I'm sure he like got some sort of service job, just that you know, like as like a barista or waiter or whatever the fuck, saved up the, all of his money, and yeah, like he just he lived because he's still like under his parents' house. He doesn't have to pay rent or anything on yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. It's like you know, it's it's on his parents' property. He really just needs to like hook up like. He probably also goes inside to shower and stuff like that. Like, I don't think that there's a working shower and stuff. I think he just, like, sleeps and hangs out in there and then goes in his parents' house to, like, eat dinner with them and shower. Well, yeah, because we actually hear off screen, like, his mom tell Tori at the beginning of the scene, like, just ring the doorbell. So it's, like, it's clear that, like, his parents are around. Yeah, I don't think that it's, I don't think that it's, like, a bad situation. I think that he's just a little smartass who figured out how to do this and his parents were, like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's impressive. Like, whatever, that's you can fine. do that. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's you went sense. through you went through all of that, so sure, you know. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and you kind of, it's like just to, you know, give you all a visual of Beck's trailer. It's got like a little twin bed. It's like it's really cute. It's it's, it's nice. giving like Joshua Tree Airbnb. Yeah, it's definitely I've I've stayed in Beck's trailer before. Yeah, I've stayed, exactly. I've stayed in a Joshua Tree Airstream before that looks a lot like this. Yeah, it's yeah, it's really well decorated. It's, really it's, cute. it's like yeah, quirky. It's, some of it's like Hawaiian, some uh-huh. of it's like kind of like there's there's a, a poster on the wall for a punk band. Yeah, it's called it's Care Bears on Fire. Care Bears on Fire, which is a real band. I it is up. a real band. Yeah, yeah. they they were like a riot girl sort of like yeah. punk band formed in like 2006. And they're they're all like 10 and 11 year olds. Like it's giving the Linda Lindas yeah. kind of like they were all just like really young Brooklyn kids who made a band and they had like a couple albums and then they broke up. So it's a real band. And other a couple things that I noted from the walls and just like, you know, little little things. He has like a little tiny mini jukebox. Like one oh, of those like yeah, old yeah, jukeboxes. Yeah. He has a little one. He has a clock that is based is like billiards themed. It's got a little like pool like all like the little pool cues on it. Like the like, you know, for one through twelve and it's on like green felt. And he has a little Pasadena sign. Which I love. That is pretty good. Uh, a sign with a whiteboard under it that says Beck's rules. And all that's written on the actual whiteboard is wear pants often, Beck. Yeah. <laughs> He's got some like seven inch like records that are attached by a chain. I'm guessing it's like, it's definitely like something that you get off of like Etsy. Yeah. You know, it's it's giving that vibe. I mean, he probably made it himself. Or yeah, he probably made it himself. Yeah, it's all just stuff that's like clearly like a pretentious boy lives here. And Tori's like, you're probably wondering why I'm here. Like, hey, Tori's here. What up with that? And Beck's like, <laughs> is that how I talk? And she's like, no, that's just my generic boy voice. And he goes, I like it. Do more. <laughs> <laughs> Do more. That's so funny. And she's like, yo, man, you should get back together with Jade, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, why? And he's like, because she's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like, can't really think of a reason. And Beck's like, guess what? And Tori goes, what? <laughs> He's like, I'm glad Jade and I broke up because I can't remember the last time she did one nice thing for me. And Tori says, like, come on, your birthday happened recently. Didn't she get you a gift? And that's when Beck reveals that she got him a can of lemonade. A singular can of lemonade. A singular can of lemonade. And then it hard cuts 
to Tori <laughs> and Jade standing by Tori's locker, and Jade just goes, "It's because he likes lemonade." I know the edit there is so good. It it's really like the, good. the comedy is so yeah. it's so well executed there. And as they're standing by Tori's locker, you see that she decorated the inside of it a little more. I don't think that she, we've seen this yet before that, but she's got like four Katy Perry stickers in it, like multiple Katy Perry stickers. Yeah. And I've seen this throughout the show. Like there's always like little tiny things whenever we see, like it's, it's never mentioned. It's never exclusively brought up, but there's little moments in the show where we see that Tori is a huge Katy Perry fan. Yeah. (laughs) It's really good. It's good. Like character building. Cause she totally would be. Yeah. It makes so much sense for her. Especially, like, that era of Katy Perry. Like, it was California Girls, the one that got away. Like, it was all Teenage Dream. Like, it was all that era of Katy Perry. Like, I could totally... It totally makes sense that Tori loves her. See, I got excited for a second because I thought we were looking at Jade's locker. And there's a little cutout just of the words, I kissed a girl. And I was just like, ha, ha, ha. But it's Tori, and that doesn't mean anything for Tori. Because well, because she's a, she's a Katy stan. She's a Katy stan, yeah. I was stan. hoping that it was, like a, like, a somehow subtle... But like canonical nod to Jade being by. Uh, that's what I was hoping was was what I was seeing, and it wasn't. And it make, actually makes me really sad that I that's see. not in Do there we, anyway. Is there any like fun facts about Tori's locker on this like episode thing? The trivia thing on the wiki just said she has Katy Perry stickers in her locker. Because I was wondering, oh. they were, like, who are the guys? Oh, I don't, I don't know who the guys are. I, I'm one of them looks like Gabe Supporta. Like it's not Cobra Starship, but I was like, is that Cobra it could Starship? be? No, Another thing so, I clocked but, about her locker yeah. is that there's there were the books were if I can remember correctly physics, biology, yes, molecular biology, yes, and like one and like uh, and chemistry. Not like, a singular book in there that has anything to do with the performing arts. No, no way you're taking that many science courses in one semester. That's absolutely batshit. Yeah, and like no way, like we don't see them take any classes that aren't aren't like related to the performing arts. Like we mostly except actually in this episode we do. But like we see we mostly see them just do you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, th- I think it was just, you know, the set dresser being the set dresser, yeah. but, it, yeah, but it, we mostly, it, it's really funny. Yeah. Because he likes lemonade. Because he likes lemonade. And also, that's another thing. Well, it's too late to say this now, but we're missing Ariana in this episode. She wasn't in it. I think I think it's a, it's a perfect time to say this is... Yeah. This is our first episode without Ariana in it. And we do, yeah. I mean, it's a good one. It's a, it's a packed mm-hmm. episode, but we do miss her. We always we miss her. We do miss Ariana. It probably, I'm guessing the reason why she wasn't in it is because, like, she is Jade's best friend. So we'd be like, why isn't she talking to Kat about this? Yeah, exactly. Because that's the thing. It doesn't, like, realistically, Kat would be the one doing a lot of this emotional labor. Yeah. But so they're probably like, well, Kat's not here. So it's Tori now. It's Tori, yeah. yeah. (laughs) She's doing something with her brother. Like, yeah. Yeah, or she's out of town. She's out of town, whatever. Don't think about it. Anyway, Tori, Tori to the lemonade response goes, yeah, but out of a can. And Jade's like, do I have a boyfriend or don't I? And she doesn't say it in like a, this is something that like I noticed. She doesn't even say it in a like demanding way, really. She, like it's a little bit, but she mostly says it in like a like do I, like she like is like a pleading kind of way, like a yeah. very like earnest kind of like, do I have a boyfriend or don't I? And Sinjin at that moment comes up behind her and goes, do you want one? And she's like, walk away. (laughs) 
Then we go to the other side of the locker area where Robbie's locker is. And Trina goes up to Robbie at his locker and she says, hey, I saw that there wasn't a review on the slap yet, you bitch. She doesn't say that, but anyway. That's the energy. And he's like, Ugh, you know, like not doesn't really respond. And she puts his sleeves in his locker and like shuts the locker so his sleeves get stuck in it. And, you know, basically threatens him again and walks away. And then Andre comes so up. So violent in this episode. She's so violent. I guess she's like kind of a violent person. Yeah. <laughs> she's pretty. How has Trina not been expelled for like straight up like violence? It's happened enough times. Yeah. Yeah, clearly she's got something on the on the administration. Yeah, because we'll get to it later in the episode. But like, even a teacher's like, "Get out, Trina!" Like, yeah, they just let her get away with it. Yeah, that's another point towards maybe her mom is like, like old royalty, like old Hollywood royalty or something. Yeah, because she can just get away with whatever she wants. I guess not Hollywood royalty, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it could be. Maybe I guess not. Yeah, because it's it's very much like non apple baby, but. Yeah, and then Andre comes up to him, and Robbie explains that he doesn't know what to do because he can't lie. And Andre's like, was it that bad? And Robbie was like, it was so bad that it was laughable. And Andre basically says to say it was the funniest play you've ever seen and review it like it was a comedy instead of a drama. And then it can be a good review because you thought that it was hilarious. And Robbie's like, thank you. And Andre's like, hey, man, no charge. Actually, give me 10 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) And... Robbie's like, no way. And Andre's like, 20? And Robbie's like, is two tens okay? Yeah, <laughs> and he just like so pulls funny. out his wallet and gives it to him. Yeah, he's so sheepish. It's so funny. I just love like, it's, I forget the, I think it was in like New Girl or something. where Or no, Joe. it was Joey and Friends whenever he's like, they're like, I'll give you 40 bucks. And he goes, 20. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The negotiation. Yeah. It's so funny. Then it cuts back to Tori and Jade. And Jade's like, help me. And Tori's like, I tried, but maybe you just need to forget about Beck. And Jade, like, looks like she's about to start crying. But as we know, she, like, can't, like, cry or show vulnerability in front of people. So she, like, pulls Tori into the janitor's closet. And Jade's like, how can Beck not want me back? I'm so cool and hot. I've got it all. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Which is so good. Her delivery on it was so good, too. And, you know, Tori says, Beck says you haven't done, like, one nice thing for him in two years. And... She says, maybe he'll take you back if you did something nice for him. And Jade was like, like, make him fresh lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> I love that her only conception of gifting is a lemonade. Yeah, like Tori even says, like, you got to think bigger than beverages. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so good. And then she's immediately like, a dog. Yeah, a dog. And then Tori's like, well, if you're going to be rude. <laughs> yeah. She's like, no, he wants a dog, a Rottenheimer. Yeah, a rotten. She means Rottweiler. Yeah, but Tori's yeah, like a, a Rottweiler. And so Tori goes, okay, what's our next move? And then sitting in the corner of the janitor's closet, like take, having taken a nap, is some random guy. Just a man. We've not seen this man. We don't know. I don't think we ever see him again. Wait, I don't think we ever see him again. He's just a man in the and janitor's they closet. They clearly like look very scared, and they're like they just like whisper each other, "Go, go, go!" Like like they just yeah. like say, "Like go, leave the closet." And they like run out of the closet, and he just kind of like curls back. Curls up. back up. In his Who blanket. is this man? Does is he the janitor? Does he work at the school? They look too scared for him to like be faculty. To yeah, me. that's fair. Like it's so strange. He's in the whole scene. At least half of it, he like you see his face like sleeping in the corner and then the other half you like can definitely at least see because he's like covered up in a blanket right and you can see the blanket in the corner so he's there the whole time yeah what the fuck is such happening a, such a weird joke what is this 
I don't get it. So then we cut to the next scene, and here we get, for the first time in the show so far, a class that isn't related to performing arts. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a history. We had the, before this, we had. It was a theater class. It was a theater class. No, it was, it was still a, yeah, it was, I think they meant for it to be a history class. Like a like, history it, of it's theater. It's in the same classroom. It's in like the same four yeah, walls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was the time, was it the episode before this? Where I think they were so, talking yeah, where about, they're, they're giving presentations. Yeah, they were giving presentations about different kinds of theater. And it was the same, it's, it's that class. But now it's a history class. And like a full-on history class where the teacher is explaining Lincoln getting shot, which is tied in probably because, you know, like it's in a theater and also like, you know, what, what happens, what we'll see in a second. But yeah, it's at least a class that, Seems like it isn't directly about performing arts. So yeah, anyway, the teacher's telling the story, and she's like, at that moment, Booth pulls out a revolver and shouts, and then Trina walks in, looks at Robbie, and goes, I'm gonna kill you! Yeah. (laughs) She runs in and grabs Rex and, like, throws him across the room. And Rex goes, ah! Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Once again, like a sentient being. For all you Rex sentient heads out there. (laughs) 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 This <laughs> one for all you Rex's sentient heads out there. There you go. There you go, baby. Another nugget. <laughs> <laughs> so for all you Rex truthers. <laughs> so, yeah, then the teacher basically tells Trina to get out. Like, yeah, this is the thing. She, the teacher seeing that Trina is threatening a student and runs over to him and looks like she's about to hurt him. It's just like. Trina, like, get out it's of my She's just like, whatever, get out of here. She's like, not like... Doesn't even really try to de-escalate the situation. And Trina turns back to Robbie and she goes, I know where you live. And Robbie's like, we moved last year. And Trina's like, what's your new address? And Robbie goes, 3707 Coenga. We live in a duplex and we're at the top. <laughs> and obviously I looked up 3707 Coenga Boulevard. Obviously. And it seems like it's a rehearsal studio of some kind. It's like, it's a couple different rooms. It's a commercial space. I don't think it's a business right now, but it's, it seems like it's a, it's in like the back of a grocery store and a like game place. It's called like night wares or something. And it's a rehearsal space or like, like studio space of some kind. I can't quite describe it. I wonder if they like rehearse there or something. Yeah. That's, that's, that's. That's what I was wondering. I feel like it's probably some sort of callback to like somewhere that they yeah, have done rehearsals. I wonder. Yeah. But yeah, as she's walking out, she goes, she goes, I am so upset. Just like to herself. Which is her first line in the entire show. I was gonna, yeah. It's her first line in the whole show. She just goes, I am so upset. Yeah. It's almost like your catchphrase at this point. She's yeah. done it twice. But like, I just love like, she doesn't even like at, in the pilot, she says it to Tori. She doesn't even say it to anyone. She, that's just, true. Like, she just like says it as she's walking away. <laughs> yeah, that's true. She does just say it to herself. I am so upset. That's so funny. Yeah. Then we cut to Trina's show on opening night. And in the crowd, randomly, is Jerry Trainer. <laughs> yes, he's there. Who is, you know, played Spencer on iCarly, if you don't know. Again, opens up a whole universe thing where we don't know. I'm, you know what? I'm just going to call it now. They're all doppelgangers. And that's what I've decided. Well, that's, that's boring, but I respect <laughs> it. <laughs> Fuck. There's no time it, traveler or magic involved in that. But it it's, is but boring, I res- you're right. But I respect I it. I mean, I guess Spencer could have just been in LA for whatever reason. Just like went to LA and was like, ooh, a show 
happening at at this like high school place. I'd love to see theater and was just like, All yeah, because right. also yeah, doesn't Spencer is in the crossover episode, right? Yes, yeah. So yeah, but at least like I cart like cart. I Carly and Victorious are in where we're jumping ahead, but I Carly and Victorious are in the same universe because they did a crossover episode. So, but Jerry Trainer is also in Drake and Josh. Yes, which is a show within the Victorious universe. We're probably we're probably going to do an entire special episode on the implications of this connected multiverse. Yes, but just for <laughs> just if you want a little primer. Jerry Trainer is canonically in all three of these shows. <laughs> yes. And that's, it hurts the head to think about. Yeah. You can't think about it for too long. If you want to save yourself, they're all just doppelgangers. And this is not Spencer Shea. This is a different person. But you, if you want your head to hurt, then think about it. Think about it. Think I about encourage it for you to more think. Than two, yeah. <laughs> Stay curious. Stay curious. Keep asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> Sit your white ass down and listen. <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, the way the show opens up is a callback to fucking 2001 A Space Odyssey. And we need to hear it. Like, we need to hear the intro. (laughs) In the beginning, there was nothing. And then, there was woman! It's so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. It is absolutely. It's giving Greta Gerwig Barbie. It is. Why the, and also just like, why the fuck did she choose Chicago? Like, what is this? It's so funny. Like, it, it's so funny that she chose Chicago out of all of the fucking cities. <laughs> it just sings so well. Why is it Chicago? Chicago's a musical already. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's part of it, though. That's what makes it so funny. For a while, like, I... Because I wasn't fully paying attention when I was watched this for the first time, like, as a kid. So I thought it was... I thought she was doing the musical Chicago. Mm. This was actually a song from the musical Chicago. Oh, my God, yes. she was just singing really badly. It's but, a city that's exciting. It's a city that's inviting. It's a city for a woman just like me. Yeah. There's oh a God. lake they call Lake Michigan. <laughs> I think I'm really fitting in. Yeah. It's so good. It's, it's perfect. Uh, no notes. Mm-hmm. It's just perfect and flawless, and I love it so much. So then we cut to the next scene, and Tori and Jade now have a Rottweiler, and they're going to surprise Beck with the dog. And Jade kind of peeks into the airstream, and she goes, okay, Beck's asleep. Let's, like, surprise him with the dog. And Tori goes, oh, wait, he has a runny nose. <laughs> and she holds up a tissue to the dog's nose, and she goes, blow. And Jade's like... Dogs don't know how to blow their nose, and then you hear the dog blow his nose. <laughs> it's so funny. I love this joke. It's so good. <laughs> he blow his nose. He blows his nose. He's so good. He blows his nose. He has a runny nose, and you have to blow it. Yeah, and then Jade just, like, put, like, she just goes, like, go, and she just, like, puts the dog in the airstream. <laughs> like, that's a good idea yeah. at all. <laughs> and then we just hear screaming yeah. and, like, barking of it's, clearly yeah. someone getting mauled by the dog. Exactly. And... They, like, obviously start freaking out, and Beck walks up from his parents' house, and he goes, what's going on? Because we realize at that moment, as he walks up, that Beck isn't the one in the RV. And he explains that his dad is asleep in the RV, and I guess he was, like, taking a nap. 
and they try getting in there, but the dog's freaking out. Like, Beck tries to open the door, and the dog, like, he, like, closes it because the dog's about to attack him. And he's like, that's a big fucking dog. Yeah. And they, you know, they're trying to, like, figure out what to do. And in that moment, we cut back to Trina, exclamation point. And she's on crutches, and she's like, I'm doing it. I'm a woman in Chicago learning how to walk again. <laughs> so good. It's absolutely it's so, so good. good. We need to hear it again. I feel like we just, we we have to play it. <laughs> Gotta play the clip. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm a woman in Chicago learning how to walk again. Thanks to Doc Stevens and my new plastic legs. Take that, Chicago. You're no match for a woman like me. From now on, I'm calling this city Chicago. <laughs> she calls it Chicago. I know. It is. Uh. It's camp perfect. I need them to make it. I need them to make it a real thing. Oh, my God. I would go see it in a heartbeat. Yeah, same. Absolutely. Also, shout out to Daniel and A, who who presumably can actually, in sing. theory, sing, like singing mm-hmm. badly. One of I'll I'll never forget. It's one of these like weird like like burned into my brain on repeat, rent free things in my head mm-hmm. from the School of Rock director's commentary that Miranda Cosgrove is a part of, where she talks about how she had to take classes to sing badly in the beginning of School of Rock. Because she was, like, a decent singer. Yeah. She had to, like, literally take specific training classes in order to sing that off-key. Uh-huh. Which I get. Like, if you're, like, a vocalist and you've been a vocalist for a really long time, it's really hard to sing that badly. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, like, is it actually kind of a very specific skill uh-huh. if you already know how to sing really well? Yeah. So, like, props to Danielle, Danielle Monet for, like, pulling off, like, this, like, perfectly off-key, like, yeah. performance. It's just, like, so silly. It's so good. And it so sells the joke. It's so perfect. It's so good. So yeah, she gets a standing ovation. She gets a standing O. I would give her a standing ovation for Absolutely. sure. So yeah, then we cut back to Beck's RV, and they're wheeling his dad into an ambulance. Oh my god! And Beck's like, "I'll meet you at the hospital." And his dad's like, "Okay." okay. Yeah. And Dorian and Jade are like, "We're so so sorry." And Beck's dad just goes, "Oh why?" It's so funny. Just like. <laughs> this poor guy he was just taking a nap and he got mauled a by nap. a rottweiler he <laughs> got mauled by a dog yeah and then the paramedic shuts the doors and she says he'll be fine and then she goes to beck and says hey are you in college yet which <laughs> come, come on <laughs> come on so unprofessional fucking i hate it so much uh, but i also i what i love about this that contributes to this thing of canonically like within the this universe, especially Beck is just so hot that any human being is basically just like can't help themselves around him. Yeah, like it's almost a superpower. Yeah, he also definitely like. And again, I'm not encouraging this to happen. Like, I don't, I don't think <laughs> that if you are someone who is well into your like this woman is well into her thirties. Yeah, like absolutely. Over, over, like you know that like you should be hitting on someone who is like much younger than you in high school and asking them if they're in college yet. Like, I don't condone that. I'm not saying that I do. But Beck does give attract MILF vibes. Absolutely. Like, there is a brand of man that 
definitely gives off the vibe of older women really like you. Like Michael Hoosman. Like Michael Hoosman. Or Harry Styles also kind of gives off that vibe. Yes, I can you know? see that. Absolutely. Or he did, at least. Like, it, it's it's just a, it's a certain vibe, you know? And I think Beck gives it off. Anyway, so then, you know, like, Jade's like, bye. And the paramedic gets back in the ambulance. And as they're driving away, you just see Beck's dad's hand just, like, waving sadly. He's just through the window. Also, I just have to say, I, why the fuck are, there must, there's probably a reason for this, I'm sure. But why aren't ambulance windows tinted? Because I have too many times seen, like, like, are you, have you ever driven behind an ambulance and you, like, see what's happening inside? No, I guess I haven't, but I realized that that's probably a thing. It's really fucking creepy. It makes me so uncomfortable when yeah, I see it. there's someone, like, bleeding out. Yeah, there's someone, like, fully in the bed in the ambulance. And you can, like, see them. And you can, like, see the paramedic working on them. It's so I wonder if creepy. there's a health reason for there it. Might like, there I wonder if there's, a, there's actually a reason that they're supposed to be tinted. Yeah. Or it's supposed to be clear. Uh-huh. But it's it's very upsetting. Anyway. So, you know, Jade kind of explains the situation to Beck and she's rambling about how she, you know, wanted him to have a dog because she knows that he, you know, has talked about wanting getting one since she met him and Beck stops her as she's rambling and kisses her and yay. The audience goes, aw. Yay for toxic relationships. Yay. And when he pulls away, she goes, you love me again. And he goes, who said I stopped? Which, you know, such a fucking gossip girl, like... Yeah, truly. This is, like, Such you know, a, like, high school romance, yeah, like... drama type thing. Yeah. And Tori just, like, standing on the side goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and Jade turns to Tori and is like, I really do owe you. Like, genuinely, like, says it to her. And she turns back and her and Beck start making out again. And Tori's like... Hey, it's getting kind of late, and I was wondering if you could drive me home. And Jay's like, it's not that far of a walk, and just turns back and makes out with Tori. Nope. Makes out with Beck again. I wish. A Freudian slip, baby. Yeah. Fucking Freudian slip. They won't they won't let it happen. They won't let they, it happen on Nickelodeon. They won't let it happen on Nickelodeon, but we know the truth. We know the truth. We know the truth. Tori has the I kissed a girl sticker in her locker. Exactly. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> And then Tori, her, Tori's last singer is is to them is try not to swallow each other. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's basically the episode. Then that's, we get a tag, another promotion for the slap.com. Yeah, it's basically just like Trina singing off key. And then Tori's like, you're singing off key. She's like, no, I'm not. Yeah. She's like, no, I'm absolutely not. Yeah. And then Andre's like, go to the slap. Go and, to the slap. Yeah. And, and then, then we have the, the credits gag is from when Andre is blowing up the the like photo booth video of Robin and goes say cheese and he goes say cheese fathead. Okay, yeah, That's it's pretty inoffensive. Pretty inoffensive. Pretty inoffensive. I mean, yeah, it's just kind of like a goofy, out of context line. It's not yeah. like innuendo or anything. But, but they it is get kind pretty. Of, they all like. There's a point where like they're all innuendo. I feel like it gets to that point. Yeah, absolutely. But for it, sure, it hasn't gotten there yet. There's a reason why we talk. Like I feel like we haven't. There hasn't been one that's like bad enough for for us to to warrant doing it every episode yet. But there's a reason why we do it every episode. There's a reason we're bringing it up. Yes, it, exactly. It's gonna get bad, and I promise it's gonna get bad. Yeah, <laughs> and you can promise that. But yeah, that's the episode. That um, is what the episode. did you What did you think? I thought it was an interesting one. I think it's like there's a lot to unpack about. Jade and Beck's relationship. What I mm-hmm. like about this episode is you really get to see, like, you fully get to see Jade 
as vulnerable in a way that you don't in other episodes for the Mm -hmm. most part. Like, I mean, you see it later in the show, but like, this is the first time you really get to see Jade as as like more of a human character and not just like having her angry wall up all the time. Like, you you see her like genuinely come to Tori in need and be like, oh, I need you as a friend, even though we're not really friends. Yeah. And that, yeah, that there is this kind of like, somewhat toxic push and pull between her and Beck. Yeah. And that once it's a very fragile balance. Yeah. Like like Beck is kind of inviting this flirtation from from other women mm-hmm. and Jade kind of pokes at it, but like one it once the balance gets thrown off and Jade essentially overswings and breaks up with him and Beck's like I guess I'm okay with that, then she realizes what a delicate balance this relationship yeah. is. And that without this, like, fun, toxic high school push and pull, like, she doesn't, like, she's not happy. Yeah, exactly. She needs that sort of, like, and also, yeah, it's just the, you know, she kind of, I'm sure she knows that she's difficult, you know? Like, I don't think, like, she has self-awareness that, like, say, Trina doesn't have about her difficultness. Like, she, I think Jade knows that she can be, you know, the way that she is. And she partially, I'm guessing, feels a little bit like Beck is the only one who could do that for her and that he does nice things for her and that is still, you know, nice to her, even though she, you know, explodes at him all the time and all of that. What I also, sorry. Oh, no, go for it. Yeah, that's what I was No, what I also, what I also really liked in the, in the kind of throwaway joke of like Jade getting him a can of lemonade for his birthday. Mm Mm-hmm. What I liked about that is it showed this side of like almost like a like uh, this kind of sweet naivety of like it's almost like she doesn't know how to do nice things for yeah Beck. like she has such a like guard up probably due to like her sort of like her general like upbringing and family life like she just doesn't like fully understand what it means to be kind mm-hmm. and I think that that's like if there's a you know that that is a problem from her direction in their relationship like clearly and clearly was a pain point for beck mm-hmm. so he at this point is like she's never done anything nice for me yeah and it seems like she just like doesn't know how to but then like yeah that one pressed and then obviously like, she like swings too hard and gets him a dog like a, which like yeah. is this was a sweet thought but like in execution ends up being terrible yeah because she like doesn't have the framework to like show affection in a healthy way. Like her whole modus operandi is to be like sharp and pointy. Yeah. yeah. And Beck's whole thing is to be like too cool to care. Yeah. Even though exactly. he desperately wants approval. Yeah, exactly. And also that, I mean, we don't, in this episode, it's pretty black and white that like Jade is more in the wrong and Beck is more in the right because he doesn't like encourage it really. Like he, like we don't see his interactions with Alyssa Vaughn very like we we only see him like her dropping him off which is like after they broke up but there's like one there's a reason why he had her drop him off in the in the fucking lamborghini convertible yeah exactly like, like they're broken up like he clearly also wanted to make her jealous and i think overall in what we've seen of their relationship he likes to make her jealous like he yeah, says he part does of he the says dynamic. that it's like she's being like unreasonable and whatever but like he definitely like it, we see it in the pilot. He, like, wasn't, like, at all hesitant to kiss Tori in the scene. He was like, yeah, hell yeah, let's go. Let's do it. You know, he doesn't – every time he gets attention from women, he definitely encourages it. And then will, 
you know, Jade will get upset about it because she is jealous and he'll be like, what do you, like, you know, like, like, I'm not allowed to be friends with girls. Like, you know, you're being like a lot right now and all yeah, of that. Yeah, which is kind that's, of a smokescreen. It's a little. It's kind of a little bit of both. Yeah. And that's something that's so interesting about the relationship is like, how would Jade be in a relationship not with Beck? How would Jade be like, you know, would she, I'm sure she like still has a jealous streak in her because like we saw in this episode, she overswung for sure. And she definitely gets jealous of like every girl that hangs around him. And Beck is clearly, as we see in the show, someone who gets flirted with a lot and is like the hottest man in the universe for some reason in the show. Yeah. I mean, he's not like not, a, you know, Avon Jokia is just attractive. We all know this, but he, you know, is clearly someone who gets flirted with a lot by a lot of girls so, you know, she she kind of gets, like, upset about that. But how would she be with someone who didn't, you know, actively encourage it and then almost, like, gaslight her? I mean, yeah. They definitely kind of – they bring out the worst in each other in a lot of ways. Yeah. What I, what I love about the relationship is it's one of those things where it's, like, you really can't – and you see it later in the show when they kind of, like, like break up more substantially. Mm-hmm. That, like, they really kind of can't be with anyone else. Yeah. Like Beck needs someone to push him in that way. And she needs someone she can push in that way. Yeah. They need that sort of like push and pull with each other. I feel like otherwise than like they'd both be bored. Yeah, exactly. You know? And that's, I mean, that's a very like high school. It's such a high school feeling. I mean, obviously like, a, th- th- that kind of pattern can very much persist into your adult life, but like it's, it's such giving a giving Taylor Swift the way I loved you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's just very like, you know, like they like they feel like since they like you're a high schooler and you have so many feelings that you need that sort of like drama of it all. But yeah, they're probably, you know, like they're for sure the couple that stays together for all of high school and then they try to stay together in college and then break up like almost immediately. almost immediately. You know, yeah. like they're they're not making it or anything like that. But it's just a very it's very interesting and almost like accurate depiction of what a high school relationship is like honestly yeah i would say you know that's why i liked the show because it felt more like my life than any other show did you know yeah absolutely like they felt like a real relationship yeah no i think that's what makes this such a strong episode is it feels it feels very lived in Mm mm-hmm their relationship to me feels like pretty lived in. Well, and that, and I mean, obviously the writing has a huge part to do with that, but I think so much of this like extra layer of humanity that we're getting mm-hmm. is from the chemistry of these actors. Yeah, that's true. Like, yes, the writing like brings it across, but like the thing that brings it to life and makes us feel like the, like this is a real relationship and these are like people that we know and people that we're like, we want to know more about like is Liz and Avon like they're so yeah. like they have some such chemistry with each other individually yeah. they're just so magnetic to look at and to mm-hmm. listen to it's like a huge part of the re- like their relationship and them as, as individuals is a huge part of the reason I fell in love with the show in the first place yeah they have such good chemistry like they're little like you know even ab- above like this you know this episode like the little moments that they have with each other mm-hmm. you know where it's like we're you know like in the last episode or the a couple of episodes ago whenever she's like two sugars and he's like i know what to do like yeah like, exactly. he knows her coffee order you know like they have like even you know they 
we'll, you know, we'll, we'll probably do like a side episode about some slaps, like videos and side things and stuff. But they have one that I remember where they're like saying something and they're kind of like, like Jade is laying down like on her side, like the side of like, you know, like she has like her head down on a, like a table or desk or something. And Beck's head is like on top of hers. And it's just like, they kind of have this like very cute little, like, yeah, they, they feel very much like a relationship more than the normal sitcom you know like more than normal sitcom couples do well it's also i feel like it's not super duper common to have like such a like layered and intricate and lived in and well-performed relationship in a nickelodeon sitcom like yeah like yeah you'll have some something like in iCarly where like Freddie and Carly get together for a spell. Mm -hmm. But that just, you know, those are your two main characters and it's just like the kind of classic television soap opera thing of like, well, okay, what two people can we like put together? It's like, yeah. it's like the show shipping basically. Like yeah, exactly. two of its characters. But like, this is different. Like this is like two supporting characters with this really interesting and, and like, it's like a cup, like the couple of Jade and Beck is a character in and of itself. Yeah. And I can't think of another example in like children's sitcoms that like follows that model. I mean, yeah, it's kind of like in the same way that like Marshall and Lily. I was literally, I was going to bring up couple, Marshall and Lily, yeah. Like Marshall and Lily's coupledom is like a character unto itself in yeah. How I Met Your Mother. It's not, I mean, something you see here and there in sitcoms, but like for this kind of sitcom, I think it's very unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is a part of what makes it so compelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, thanks so much for listening again, guys. Yeah. It's it was a really good one. We'll be back next week with another episode. All right. Make it shine. Make it shine. Yeah, <laughs> once again, feeling lost, but now and then I breathe it in to let it go. And you don't know where you are now or what it would come to if only somebody could hear. You figure out how you're lost in the moment you disappear. You don't have to be afraid to put your dream in action. You're never gonna fade, you'll be the main attraction. Not a fantasy, just remember me when it turns out right. Cause you know that if you live in your imagination, tomorrow you'll be everybody's fascination. Everybody's fascination in the victory.
Fascination in my victory. Just remember me 